Amen. Y Amén. Would ask the ushers to begin to come down the aisles of the Starbucks coffee right now, please. That everyone may be awakened. Happy to be here. Good morning to you. Happy to be here with you all. See new faces. Meet new people. And to be here with Pastor and First Lady. God bless them. Ah, you, everybody needs to be a pastor for at least a couple of weeks. And then you would know how to pray and support leadership. It's been a long time since I pastored, back 1996. And, uh, um, you know, pluses and minuses of both sides. But anyway, as long as we're doing the will of the Lord, what He wants us to do, that's all that matters. Isn't that right? I'm so happy that my hero, Wiki, my wife, is here with me this time. She has uh, gone through a, a trial of, we have gone through a trial of our faith, and uh, God has been good to us been good to us. Anybody else? The Lord been good to you? Anybody? Okay. Goodness. I, I have something I would really, really like to share with you today. I'd like to, I'd like to be a help and not a hindrance. Um, and what I want to share with you today, we're calling it mapless moments, mapless moments. I don't know if anyone here today has ever Come into a place in your life where you've, you've uh, as Alexander the Great's soldiers followed him, and when he died, they were not at home. They were way out in the frontier of the world at that time, and uh, they realized, hey, we've marched off the map. We have no clue where we are. We don't, nothing looks familiar anymore. Has anybody ever been to that place in your life? Goodness. Um, I just, uh, how, how many of you ever heard the song, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus? Anyone, anyone ever heard that old hymn? Beautiful song. The man that, the man that wrote that was, um, he was an evangelist. And he came home one day from an evangelistic tour preaching. And his wife informed him that uh, she was leaving him. She was through. She couldn't take it anymore. And so she left and took their only daughter with her. And so he was devastated, just broken. And uh, he walked out on the end of a wharf and just really was strongly contemplating taking his life. And somehow or another, he felt that maybe he could, he could survive. He could get, get through this. A couple of years later, his wife was had become sick and was, was lying on her deathbed. And she um, asked him, could you pray for me? Is there any way that you could uh, help me to believe that God could forgive me? And she had told him proudly all of the sins that she had committed since they'd been apart. And, of course, he prayed with her, and then she passed away, and then... Uh, he went home and sat down at the piano, and he began to write the words of the song, No One Ever Cared for Me Like Jesus. 
And you need to look that up. Just Google it when you get home. No one ever cared for me. The, the profound message that was in there. I have found him a friend so kind and true. That's what happens when we come to a place of mapless moments. We, we are, we're not the, at the end. We are at the beginning. So uh, I think it's wise for us to go to the, to the word of the Lord uh, in particular, Hebrews, the 11th chapter and verse 8, and I'm, um, I, st I still use the Bible that the apostles use, which is King James Version, and, uh, but these late model guys, they use uh, another version, and so we'll read from the chosen version here. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Can you imagine this guy that receives a message from God? He is steep. He is uh, from the area which is now Iraq. Uh, Ur of the Chaldees was right smack a part of Iraq. And, and here he is. He is acquainted with the, the worship of the heavens, the stars, the moon, astrology, all of those type of things were a part of his life. But here God zeroes in on him. And I have to believe because of the, the way we see in Scripture that, that people who receive a call from God, in some area of their life there was a zeal for God. It may not have been according to knowledge, okay, but there was a zeal for knowing. I have a very dear friend who pastors in Tennessee now, and, and he was raised just in a godless environment, but uh, he was in jungle warfare training in Panama, and one day just he just was so hungry for, for something to happen in his life that was positive, and he said, I just fell to my knees in that jungle. We were eating roots and worms and everything else, trying to, to understand how to do this. And he said, I just screamed at the heavens, God, if you are real, would you just, just come on the scene and show me? Within a week, the Lord sent a messenger into his life and shared with him what the Lord wanted him to know, uh, salvation and living for the Lord. And today he has been a pastor for many, many years. We met in uh, 1982, 83, somewhere along in there. A powerful man, uh, a man that is totally devoted to God. And so I see that if we follow the pattern in Scripture, the Apostle Paul, he, was, he had a zeal for God. It was not according to correct knowledge or biblical knowledge or what God was doing at that time, but he wanted something. Is there anybody here today that, there, that this, even maybe silently within you, there is a craving to know God, to know more about God, to experience God, to connect with God? Anybody? Your kind of craving may not be exactly proper to someone sitting beside you, but there is something inside of you that is, that is questing, that is reaching, that is hungering for more. And obviously, when we come to that place, we, we are coming to an end of the old, and we must be prepared for the new. Isn't that right? So in this passage of Scripture here, uh, the first thing that I see that came to Abraham was, number one, a new path. 
A new path is being introduced to him. Now, I don't know about you, but ah, there, when I find a restaurant that is just really good, I just don't need another one. I really don't. I mean, what's wrong with this one, you know? Now, I'm married to someone that just can't do that. Can't do that. One day we were at a conference over in Louisiana, and she, she will never be aggressive and overt and tell me what she wants. And so I said, where would you like to eat today? You know, I knew that probably wouldn't work, but I thought being kind husband that I am that I would ask. And uh, I said, where would you like to eat? She said, oh, wherever you want to go, standard, standard answer. And uh, so I just whipped into a parking lot and put it in gear and sat there. And she said, what are you doing? I said, if I have to sit here all afternoon, I'm going to wait until you tell me where you want to go and eat. I've often told her, I always know where I want to go. There is never a question in my mind, never, ever, not ever, a question in my mind where I want to go. Just come on. And so we sat there, I don't know, it seemed like a good while, and she said, finally, typical of her, well, I don't want Chinese. So at least we gained some clarity. So I said all that to say that, that, that old paths are, are, are pretty good for me, you know, a groove, a path, it's just, just stay with it, but... When, when you're hungry for God, you, you just get ready for a new path because there is something else on the horizon that you've never seen before, that you've never experienced before. And, and, and when you study the life of Abraham, Abraham, you will see that God is not just trying to get this guy to do something weird or strange. He is, he is setting the world up for a whole new line of people, a whole new nation. I want to do something through that. How many, how many of us could be willing today to, to broaden our scope and, and, and say that this new path that's in front of me, I'm, I'm just, uh, God, I'm believing that it's more than you just trying to be quirky or weird with me. You're trying, you're getting me set up for something that is going to be expansive, that is going to be beyond me and my wife and, and who's under my tent. Could, could we believe that? First of all, he was called to go out. In the, the first part of that, he was called to go out. How many of us have received a call and not responded to it? It may be, it may be simple, it may be primary and elementary, but we have a call. And we've just not followed through with the call. But Abraham, secondly, in the part B of that uh, 11 and 8... He did not know where he was going. Now, that is not cool it at all. I will say this, that when I get in the car and, you know, I'm kind of vacation. Let's just, uh, let's just go. Where are we going to stay? Does that matter? Oh, we'll find something somewhere. May just sleep in the car. I don't know. You know, let's just... Uh, that's, that's my kind of adventure. Let's, uh, let's figure it out as we go. Oh, no, 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 no. We have to have a plan. We have to plan. But Abraham was asked by God to go out and not know where he was going. Not many of us are good with that. 
Not many, unless you're single. Because if you're married, that's not cool at all. Very seldom you find two people of the same ilk that say, yeah, man, let's just go. (laughs) Very seldom. But Abraham was willing because of the dynamics of the call. Because he sensed that this God that was calling him was greater than the astrological signs that he'd been raised with. This God he could sense was going to take him someplace that obviously he had never been before. And so a new path was the first thing that he encountered. The second thing was verse 9. Oh, excuse me again, I was going to refer to the Apostle Bible, but by faith Abraham obeyed. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. So the second thing he comes to, he is in a new position, in a new position. (sighs) I like clarity for uh, my positions in life. Uh, I remember in my teens, I was working for a cousin. We were building, doing stick building houses, residence. And so there was a guy who was just a little older than me, but knew a lot more than I knew. And he would boss me around. And I didn't like to be bossed around to him because after all, you don't know that much more than me, but I'll follow the big boss. Well, the big boss said, you do whatever he told you to do. I wilted, you know. I I was learning a new position. New positions require a certain humility. They require a certain ability to say yes to God. It's... um, it, It produces turmoil in our mind. What am I going to do? A marriage has ended. A job has ended. Someone has passed away in our life. What do I do now? How do I process this? How am I going to handle this? Where, to whom shall I go? I, I, I need help in this. I need, I need direction, new position. Jesus is the answer, the old song said, for the world today. I can't tell you how many uh, powerful but ritual traditions I grew up with. Um, My birth was an immaculate conception. I, um, I was born in a suit and a tie on the front row of our church. And from thence I have never departed. And so there were certain set processes that we would go through to, to achieve certain things. And, uh, but one by one, it seemed that the Lord would pull the plug on that ritual or that thing. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I mean, I, there was a day, you can't believe it now, there was a day that I was a, a, a man of fasting. <laughs> believe me. I had to have suspenders for all of my suit pants. I believe, believe me, oh, they would just go, you know. 
and and but but I, the the day came that my emotions couldn't deal with fasting again. I, I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And I said, God, what am I going to do? Because I I can't. The tool that I've been using won't work. I'm not having a middle age crisis because I'm I'm a little past middle age. Um, of course, if you say fifty is middle, yeah, I'm going to a hundred, planning on that. Um, and I had this uh, harebrained idea that I I it was time for me to to own an, a motorcycle. Yeah, imagine me, yeah, motorcycle, and so of course in Texas uh, you have to have a motorcycle endorsement certificate so I signed up for that and you know you're riding through these cones and I understand the principle when I am driving a car I don't look at the cones I look at where I want to go and the instructor who's been riding for 50 years and got 17 motorcycles is trying to get me to trust what he says a new position but I am sitting on this little bitty motorcycle and I am trying, I'm watching the cones because I want to steer between those cones. And invariably, I just ran over the cones. And he said, Craig, if you will look where you want to go, duh, your peripheral vision will take care of avoiding the cones. And around again, and I'd go, around again, look where you want to go, Craig. Well, this is where I want to go. The next time, he got way out on the side, and just as I was about to enter the little curve there, he said, Craig, and I looked at him and turned, made a perfect turn. said, see, did you get that point that when we are trying in a new position, a new path, if we'll look at the teacher, we'll make the turn. But so many of us don't understand that we've not been looking at the teacher. We've been giving him a little sideways praise, but we've been walking by our own ingenuity. We've been walking by what? By logic, by reasoning. I was raised, I was, as I said, immaculate conception. I, goodness gracious, this was, I mean, we are Jesus' people, folks, head to toe, side to side. But in reality, when it came to, now we would, have you all ever heard of shouting in church? I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about, We did all of that. Man, we made, some, we, we made some moves now, folks. It helped if we were singing the right song, singing it fast. We cut some rugs, and we did that. And we would invariably, we would speak in tongues, we'd be inspired, we would, oh, 
preaching was great. Couldn't remember the, after the service what was preached, but it was great. And then Monday morning, we picked back up our logic case, our reasoning case, and proceeded to walk through life according to natural wisdom. Hmm? But as you come with the teacher, you are going to have to trust spiritual things, spiritual words that are going to enable you to walk in this new position, in this new path. I didn't say it was easy, but he'll just let you stew in your own juice until you get ready to say yes, until you get ready to stop looking at the cones that you've been trying to use to steer your life. And you'll come into a place that you'll look full in the face of the teacher. And when you do that, things just start falling into place. I have an echolocator for an amen. Third thing, Hebrews 11, 11, would you bring up the modern translation that we're following today? Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She judged him faithful who had promised. Third thing happened is new people are coming. This child that has come is a miracle seed child. He is the first of the new nation. He is the first of the new miracle children. I appreciate your enthusiasm. <clears throat> and number four is new projections. Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he, I'm sorry, I'm on the Apostles' Bible again. When he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise, promises offered up his only begotten son. Now, see, he had had enough experience with this God, this Jehovah God, that now he is coming into a place of believing him. He's coming into a place of trusting him. Let me tell you about faith. Faith, the emotion of faith is rest. The, the emotion of faith is not striving. I'm going to make this happen. It is you receive strength believing God. I had a pastor when I was, uh, I don't know, 14, 15 years old. I went to my pastor and I said, I, I don't know, I feel this call of God on my life. I believe I may be called to preach and may I go with you when you go to pray for the sick. May I go with you when you, you know, you could let me go with you. And he said, of course. And so uh, he had a, a little minor thing. He was tardy a lot of the time, late for meetings and such. And so he told me he was coming by to pick me up a particular day. And so, man, I got my suit, tie on, you know, and I'm ready. I'm standing out on the front porch waiting for pastor. And I waited for pastor. And I waited some more for pastor. 
And my mother said, son, I just, I don't think he's going to come. Won't you just come on in, change your clothes, put your jeans back on. And I said, no, he's coming. He's coming. I was not in stress. I was not twisted out of shape. Why? The man told me he was coming. And you and I have to come to a place where we believe God. How, how do I get to that place? Well, you have to start somewhere. You have to get into the Word of God. You have to soak yourself in the Word of God. Joshua 1.8 said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein for 30 minutes every morning. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. What that's going to produce is you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then the result of that is you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. This is coming from Joshua who is the new leader. He is in a new path. He is in a new position. There is a new people, as it were, because they have crossed over and are crossing over the Jordan into a new land. And then Psalm 1 said, Blessed is the man walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he or she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his or her fruit in his or her season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So it's not going to happen until we do what the teacher says to do. We're talking about gaining insight and help in... <sighs> when we come to mapless moments, how many of you have tried to follow your GPS and you're in the back country of Arkansas and they just say, I don't know, there's, this road is just not here. Huh? see mountains, I see trees. I know that I, I think I'm still in Arkansas. Tremendous uh, example, and I can tell you all are probably really ready to go. Um, see if you can get some more people to buy into that, okay? Okay. Um, I have a precious wife. I could not, if God had given me wife pieces to put together and place an order, I couldn't have done what he did in Wiki. Just, I'm stunned. The unusual part of her is that her mother was a wonder. I have no mother-in-law stories to tell that are bad. Every one of mine is good. And I'm sorry for you guys, but anyway, <laughs> my mother-in-law was, she was heaven sent. She was sweet. 
She was dear. She was generous. So generous that, in fact, she wanted to take not only her three daughters, but their husbands, which shows you how generous she is, how kind, for trips. And I'm not talking about to Arkansas. I'm talking about to England, to Scotland, to Italy, to places in Mexico. And the most wonderful thing about it to me was is she had planned every hotel. She had planned every meal. She had planned every hot spot to visit. All I had to do was let my knuckles drag the ground and follow along. And that to me was exquisite. I don't know if you've experienced trying to plan for a vacation and try to please everybody in the bunch. It's tough, right? Because there's very few like me that are easy to please. So when we got into the place, into the town, London or Edinburgh or Rome or Florence, all we had to do was just stand at attention, get in the cab or the van, and we went to the hotel that was chosen. I think we'll eat uh, Italian tonight, and I think we'll eat uh, American tomorrow. I think we'll eat French tomorrow night, and uh, we just followed along, and we did choose what we ate there at the, at the restaurants. And then she'd say, uh, today, here's a choice. You can go and see this statue or this group of people or whatever, and... I said all that to say this, that if we can get to the place that He loves you, even though you feel forsaken, forlorn, abandoned, if you love Him in any dimension, in any sense of the word, or if you don't love Him, He loves you and is so ready to take you places, to develop you into something more than you are right now, to, to, to build you up to a place of being a, a sharer of miracles. He didn't just bless Abraham to bless Abraham. He blessed Abraham for Abraham to bless the world. And when you study the incredible Things in science and medical science, you'll find that many, if not most, of Abraham's children were the ones that came up with these designs that improve people's lives. Why was that? The blessing is on them to bless. How many of us today would like to say, in spite of the fact that I don't know where I am, I don't know what's going on, my Lord, I believe that you love me, and so I place myself in your hands for you to show me where I'm going to live, to show me what I'm going to do, to help me to lighten the path. Thy word, O oh Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. So my pathway is going to be illumined if I will trust him and walk with him. Is that doable? Can we do that? And finally, there is the new projections that, that come to us. And we've, we've said that it, we, we come 
to that place of projection. It reminds me of the story of Elisha and Elijah. And the day that Elijah is going to be caught up into the heavens, he tells Elisha three times, maybe four, stay here, stay here. Uh, and, and the places that he was encouraging him or trying to test him and see if he would stay, they were places of significance. They were places that miracles had happened. Gilgal, Jericho. There were places that spectacular events had taken place, but they were all in the past. And finally, they, he passes the last test. He said, I'll not leave you. I'm not leaving you. You've got me on your hands. You're stuck with me. And when we get that kind of a hunger for the Lord, Lord, I don't know where I am. I don't know the path you have. I don't know the position. I don't know anything about this. I have no idea. I am going to throw myself completely over on you. I am going to trust you. I am going to trust your word. And that doesn't mean just kick your feet up in your recliner and say whatever. That's not what it's talking about. This is aggressive surrender. This is aggressive patience that is holding tenaciously to what he has said. I know this, that you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I do know that. So even though it's cloudy to me and I do not understand this, I know that you're right with me. I know that the angel of God is with me and I'm just waiting for direction. I'm waiting on clarity of what to do next. That's an amen radar. Did you know what amen means? It means let it be so. It means what I just heard, mm, let it be so. So you want to practice again? Amen. That was free. <clears throat> um, Columbus was facing mutiny. We're going to sail off the edge of the earth. That was the conventional scientific wisdom of the day. The earth is flat. But just about the time that they were about to mutiny, they saw a branch with berries floating, indicating that there was land ahead. You and I. Oh, Jesus. This ought to be comforting, closing my Bible. But I know how to go on. <clears throat> The systems of life can be so entrenched in us. Family mindsets, circumstances that we were brought up in, poverty mindsets, sickness mindsets, Stupidity mindsets. 
And I'm not trying to insult him, but I'm just saying that there's just some families that have dumb dripping off their chin. They've never heard of common sense, which is natural wisdom, okay? They're spiritually illiterate. And that is a form. And we, as we're being brought up, we hear the words and the utterances that come out of our guardians, our parents, our forebears that hold us in that. Every Ashcraft reunion was Diabetics Anonymous. And the person who was king or queen of the day was the one that had the highest blood sugar. And if you talked about health or healing, it was like, you're stupid. So believing for the worst was paramount. Not health or healing. These are all Christian people. Come on. It's not just the world. It's in the church. Ill health. They believe that what will be will be. My precious dad who worked long and hard to provide for us when he was stricken with this sickness that took his life I tried to share with him things about the Word, about healing, about health, and, and he became frustrated with me, and he said, Son, what will be, will be. That's not called faithfulness. It's called fatalism. And there are people that would really rather live in the, in the, the, the nest, the hole that they've always been in, that have been raised in, than to catch a glimmer of light, of hope. I don't want to live where I was, was reared. And where I was reared was, was noble and many parts of it were honorable and powerful. I mean, I was raised with miracles surrounding me, but the fallacy of that was that nobody told us that everybody could have a miracle. Did you hear what I said? We admired and all we can read about, oh, they had a miracle, but well, that happened to me. God has a miracle for everybody in this room. When I come to the end of myself, when I come to the end of my road, Whatever the end of the road means, again, a relationship, provision, just believe that he's ready to introduce you to a whole new level of provision, of relationship. He's ready. I'll close with this. I, you've heard me say this before. I, you know, I began in, being interested in a mate when I was, you know, probably way too early. Uh, you know, that's what hormones do to people. And uh, 
So I went to a lot of conferences and camps, and I didn't go there for the preaching or the teaching. I went there to scout the land. And I walked the halls, and as you've heard me say before, I'd see someone with promise, nice, pretty face. And I had extreme wisdom at an early age in my life, and it was something like this. You need to see her mother, too. So without causing too much of commotion, I would ask around until I could see the mom, and that's where a lot of relationships ended, right there. Because <sighs> I thought this pretty face could end up like that, and I'm, I'm out of here. So you can imagine there were dozens of, of beautiful girls at these conferences and camps, but many of them had no idea what they were missing, uh, all because of their mother. And uh, so I kept looking. And I had a friend from Bogota, Colombia. He said, oh, you need to come to Colombia and find you a wife there. And I, I had to admit from photographs, he showed me that there were a lot of Colombian women that were gorgeous and that were beautiful stuff, but I didn't want to have to bend over at the waist to kiss them. They were too short. So I kept looking, and I thought, God, where, where is my companion? I felt I was at the end of my road. Lord, I've done all the looking I could do. I, I, have, I have just failed in this quest, in this endeavor. And so you know what I did? I just threw myself over onto Jesus. And I said, you know what, Lord? You're the one loaded me up with all these hormones. You are the one. You are the reason. And so if you want me, and you said, you said, he that finds the wife finds the good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. I want your favor. And, and you said I could find a wife. I said, so where, where, you know, how's that going to happen? I was a little smart about it, you know. But I was serious. Now, folks, I'd gone to Arkansas. I'd gone to Kentucky. I'd gone to all kinds of states to conferences and things, hoping that something promising would show up. And it just wouldn't. And lo and behold, four miles from where I was raised, There she was. Sat beside her in algebra. Never dreamed of what was going to happen. Never crossed my mind until the Lord made an appointment. And I, have, I so wanted the approval of my authorities in my life. My dad... There it is, son. My pastor, there it is, son. So what more do I need? And after a considerable time of maturing our relationship, I asked her to marry me. She graciously consented, not knowing what she was in for. And now this year will be 38 years, right? Huh? 
Oh. She said 39. So I do not forget anniversaries, all right? So far. What more can I say, folks? You're saying, I hope nothing. <laughs> but I know I'm looking at people here today that are at the end of your road. You do not have a map for tomorrow. You don't have a map for next week, next month. And so I'm going to invite those of you that want to throw yourself over on the mercies and the love of God and pursue Him with everything you know you can do right now. All of us can pray right now. All of us can worship right now. All of us can seek Him, and all of us can immerse ourselves in His words. And so as we stand together, if you're one of those people, I'd like for you to step out from where you are. Come here. We're going to pray together that God will reveal to you the path you are to walk. He revealed to you the new position in your life that He would show you this. Come on, I know, I know there are people here that just Jesus has got something special for you. I like for the prayer team to assemble themselves. Come on, come on down, come on. You've been hurt, you've been broken. Just Jesus, Jesus cares. Jesus cares. Diet. Something says, come down here and minister to some people. Will you do that right now? Come on. Let the Holy Ghost lead you and begin to minister as you come across here. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Jesus is here right now. You've been abandoned at a horrible place in your life. Don't know what to do. He's here to embrace you and to carry you. Embrace you and to carry you. Can you believe Him? Can you trust Him? Marsha, would you just reach out to some of those around you, please, and begin to lay your hand on them and minister. Come on. Right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let words come forth. Let there be a connection with the Holy Spirit. The angels of God are here in this place that love everybody in this place. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, now we call for the blessing of God to descend, to expand into the hearts and the minds of those that have gathered here, that have expressed they need you, that they want you, and that you're going to show yourself strong to them. You're going to give them words of direction. It may not be for another month, but it may just be for tomorrow. It may be for another hour or two that you're going to give them what they need in the name of Jesus. Satan, take your hand off of them now and let them be free and let them be elevated and let them be expanded, Lord, in the area that you know they need it most. I praise you. I give you glory. Can we all lift our hands as you're comfortable doing so and give him, give him praise. Come on. Give him praise. Give him thanks in advance. In advance, before you feel a thing, before you see a thing, I want you to continue to praise Him. Praise Him tonight before you go to bed. Praise Him when you get up in the morning and thank Him. I thank you, Lord, that you revealed to me the path, the position, Lord, and the projection of my life in the future. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's let it be a celebration of praise.
Don't let it die down. Just continue to praise. Continue to bless Him. I praise You now. I praise You now. I praise You now, Lord. I praise You now.